Good morning. Today is Thursday, December 15, 2022. Before I begin, I just have to wish a tremendous congratulations to the Morocco um, soccer team for their victory yesterday. Yes, I know they actually lost the game against France and they will not be going to the finals, but uh, there was a tremendous victory nonetheless, and that is that in Israel over the last number of days, both Palestinians and Israelis were cheering on the Morocco team. And to have even that slight kind of bringing together or kind of peacefulness, at least around a game, uh, I'll take whatever I can get. And therefore, congratulations, Morocco, on achieving that, uh, that important vac- victory for us. And uh, you are all winners in our eyes, and um, we wish you much success in the future. Recently, I have spent a lot of time at Shiva visits, making Shiva visits. Shiva, of course, means seven. It refers to the seven-day mourning period after a person, God forbid, passes away, where for the family, the immediate mourner's life is on hold. They stay at home. They're not going to work. They're not doing other things. People come to visit them, to offer condolences. And it's a chance to be able to pay tribute to the person that passed away. It is a basic component of Jewish life. Many of us do it often. And it is helpful to review from time to time what are some of the expectations of such a visit, the etiquette of a visit like this, and some guidelines for how to make it more meaningful, at least hopefully less awkward, in order to make it ultimately more meaningful for the family. So let me mention a few ideas. Most of them are from my own experience, but some, of course, I've read in other places. And the first thing that we notice is that preferably, preferably, food and drink should not be served because it's not a party and the mourners are not hosts and people should not be coming looking for a meal Now, I realize that often this is not the case, um, but uh, the the spirit of the issue uh, should not allow it to turn into um, a party type of an atmosphere. When we come to a mourner's house, it is not the time to try to distract them from their mourning because we're nervous, because we don't know what to say. Sometimes we just start with um, small talk. I have a feeling at Shiva houses today, there will be a lot of discussions about soccer. Uh, Be careful about that. It's not really the appropriate time for lighthearted conversations. There are a number of examples of things not to say at a Shiva house, and 
it is a little frustrating how frequently we do hear these things, but just some suggestions of things not to say at a shiva house. How are you? Well, there's no really good answer to that. Not so good. I know how you feel. Two reasons that's wrong. Number one, no, you don't. And number two, it's not about what you feel. It's about what I'm feeling. So don't put the focus on yourself. Keep it on the mourner. At least she lived a long life. Someone can pass away at 120, but for the children, the family, it's still not enough. There's still terrible grieving. It's never enough. No. Lived a long life, but longer would have been better. It's not a helpful thing to say. In the case of, God forbid, the death of a child, God forbid, sometimes one might hear, it's good that you have other children, or you'll be able to have more children. And that is a devastating comment to make. Because at the time of the loss, the parent doesn't want any other child, wants that child. Cheer up. Don't say that. <clears throat> in, a few in a few months, you'll meet someone new. Don't say that. They just lost the other half of their soul. They're not thinking about meeting somebody else. Let's talk about happier things. No, let's not, actually. Maybe at some other time. Remember that you are there in order to comfort someone who has suffered a great loss and that your visit should be comforting. And it's all right if the person cries and it's all right if you cry. Sometimes we're a little uncomfortable with emotion, but this is the place for emotion. This is the place surrounded by our friends and our family to safely express emotion. Don't overstay your visit. Personally, I think the ideal length of a Shiva visit is maximum 10 minutes. Unless you are there actually needed for some other purpose, but I think 10 minutes is about right. And very importantly, when you come to a Shiva house, it's not about you, it's about the mourners. So. Don't compare what they're going through to what you're going through. Don't compare what they feel to what you have felt in the past. It's not relevant. You won't get it right. That's not where the focus should be. The focus should be on the mourners. Don't tell your own stories of loss unless there's some specific reason or uh, uh, desire to, to share something that could be helpful. But in general, it's about the mourners. It's not about you. So I'm going to share something that's rather ambivalent because the general uh, uh, advice our sages give is that when we come into a mourner, mourner's house, a shiva house, we should be quiet and we should allow the mourner to speak first and that is generally a very sensitive and wise thing to do. 
because during Shiva there's a multitude of, of emotions. If I come to visit for 10, 15 minutes, I'm just seeing a small piece of the overall experience where there are ups and downs and emotional and not. And sometimes uh, the, the, the mood is to say something sad and sometimes the mood is to tell a joke that the person appreciated. But as a general matter, it's the right thing that the conversation should be elevated Yes, of course, once in a while a mourner needs a bit of a distraction. Saying something about the football game may not be completely inappropriate. But when that's the general conversation, someone needs to rise the, raise the conversation. And if you see that it's completely mundane, it's the right thing, if you're able to, in a sensitive way, to try to get it on a higher plane. Tell me about your mother. Tell me something you learned from your father. What, what, what did he teach you? And I have found that when I say that, and I do that often, it does change the tenor of the conversation, and it elevates it, and it often brings out real truths and real meanings that are not only helpful for the mourner, but for everyone who is listening. At the same time, I read an article about a woman who Nebuch had gone through Shiva and she writes in her list of things don't ever say at a Shiva house don't ever say at a Shiva house tell me about your mom and she says you know I don't quite have the strength to summarize her entire existence to you right now it's just not an appropriate question and I share both of those with you because Different people will respond differently. Everyone is different. There is no one way to go through this. So a conversation or a question that might be very much appreciated by one person could be very much resented by another person. And that's why there are no absolute rules. There are guidelines. And we have to be sensitive that each person will experience it differently. And that's okay. When we make a Shiva visit, especially if we do not know the person well, it is perfectly acceptable to come, to sit down in silence, stay for five or ten minutes, and then leave. Because you must know that your presence itself is a comfort to the mourners. If you knew the person that passed away, it's a really big mitzvah to share what you remember, to share a story that you had, to share a, a reflection on this person's life. First of all, for the mourners, they can never get enough of the memories of the one they loved. And secondly, you may be adding something they didn't know and help to uh, make more complete and colorful and to bring to life the memory of that person. So if you do have something to share, obviously something that's in a positive manner, of course, appropriate, of course, but please share that. From a very practical point of view, if you're not able to visit in person, 
it's usually better to send an email and not make a phone call. Although we might intuitively feel a phone call is more personal than an email, under normal circumstances that's true, but when a person is sitting Shiva and there are people around, a phone call could be very intrusive. Sometimes there's no other way, but, but it means that the person has to interrupt what they're doing, saying to somebody else, or they may be resting. And it is much more helpful practically to send a thoughtful email. And I can tell you from my experience, you probably know from your experience, those emails written with heartfelt feelings, even if they're not read during Shiva, they're read after Shiva. I still have the file of the emails that I received after my father passed away. And they were and remain deeply meaningful to me. People who experience Shiva in a constructive and supportive way very often express how uniquely meaningful it is that they, for every single person that they see that comes to the Shiva house. Without exception, every visitor adds to the sense of consolation and to the connection of the world. Now that's especially if you know the person, but it's even if you do not know the person. And it's especially if you have something meaningful to share, but even if you're simply sitting there in silence for 10 minutes. Every single visitor without exception adds to the sense of consolation and connection with the world and is tremendously, tremendously valuable. But as we said before, you have to read the room. Sometimes in a Shiva house, the mourners need to be able to take a few minutes to say something that is light. And other times they need to be able to say something that is heavy. And at other times they need simply to be able to sit quietly. And those who come to visit should read the room, should try to feel what the mood is and respond likewise. Allowing the mourner to lead with what the mood and the tone should be. If the mourner needs to say something light, we could add something light. And if the mourner needs to say something heavy or wants to remember something uh, significant, emotional, then that's not the time to bring up the soccer match. This practice of sitting Shiva is a mitzvah. I have found, in my experience, in my personal experience, I have found it to be tremendously moving and helpful and therapeutic. In the Shivas that I encounter, I see a range where more or less of these ideas are incorporated, that's when I usually hear from family afterwards, wow, there is such wisdom in the Jewish way of mourning. And when these ideas are not being practiced, that's when I hear the opposite. 
But the truth is, for many people who go through Shiva in a meaningful way, in a, in a conscious way, and who have the, the blessing that people who are coming to visit them are doing with sensitivity and following many of these guidelines, for many of them, this is a brilliant practice. And it's a practice that can make a person proud to be a Jew. And ultimately, it is the best way that we can help another we care about be consoled from their loss. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person, hopefully not at a Shiva visit. But even if it is, hopefully we'll know the right thing to say and do. Have a great day, everybody. And I look forward to seeing you tonight at 7 p.m. for Mining the Riches of the Parsha.